0: Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Caleb Frankert, and I'm joined by
1: my good friend and fellow money muddler, Jason Burnell. Caleb, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Not without alcohol. All right, let's mix it up. Okay. I finally have that memorized. <laughs> it took a hundred episodes, so yeah, plus. Well, yeah. So, anyways. Good. I'm proud of you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I that is a weakness of mine. Do you know that? You've memorized that
0: and an old-fashioned recipe. The podcast mm. has been good for you. <laughs>
1: I am a terrible memorizer. Really? Yes. It takes me a long time to memorize things. <laughs> I
0: don't know well, what I'm it not going to kick you while you're down. It's a I weakness. think you're doing a wonderful job. It's a weakness, especially because you know you're probably still on Pacific time. I am. And, uh, Gosh, I just kept thinking, I'm going, going back, back to Cali. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. So if you the mornings that. have been rough. I mean, we were in the Pacific time zone for a week and. Yeah, at a conference, learned a ton. And which conference was it, it for was our the, listening audience? The NAPFA conference, not like the North America, like no. <laughs> not Napa Valley, not NAFTA. Now I can't it, even say it wasn't it. An, it wasn't an auto parts conference. Yeah, no, National Association of Professional Financial Advisors conference. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah, I mean, they could have <laughs> chosen a different name forty years ago, but. Back then they I mean there there was really no like dissemination other than the CFP marks mm-hmm. which were at that point like 5 or 6 years old like they were pretty young. Yeah. So all good things were born in 1982.
0: And so And is really going downhill because you are going to be on the board, <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: Thanks, man. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm going to be on the the Midwest region board for NAFA. So uh, cool. Uh, I was kind of cool. I got to meet some people that I'm going to serve with, which uh-huh. it sounds like a prison sentence now. <laughs> so, How long is your term? I don't know. Two years, I think. Two, two years r- with, two good or three. Be- with good behavior. Yeah. But they just everyone's like <laughs> two years and then you're just going to get nominated for the national board. So. Oh, yeah. Cool we'll see. Well, that's they don't know me yet. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they don't know you. <laughs> Somehow I bamboozled them.
0: <laughs> well, okay, this is we we are winding down and so, you know, you kind of when you came back, you were all excited and energetic yeah. about some of the topics that you heard, which is great because in the afternoon, in the afternoon, I
1: was excited and energetic. Yeah, well, I was very tired in the morning. Yeah,
0: <laughs> But I, I mean, it's good when you come back from a conference and you're rejuvenated and yeah. excited about some of the topics because
1: there are some
0: duds out there for sure. But sure. Um, you know, with us winding down the podcast, I think this was a really cool topic, like you said, to throw this in there towards the end, because it really is. It's kind of what we do every day. Yep, it is. I mean, it's it's what we try to help our clients figure out every day. So mm-hmm. take it away, Jason. What are we talking about yeah, today?
1: We're going to talk about ways to squeeze all the juice out of retirement. And this is like the psychological side mm-hmm. of the retirement plan. This is post-retirement. Okay. Everyone talks about planning for retirement. Yes. And then they don't talk about what to do afterwards. And basically... What we're finding is that people don't do particularly well, yeah, post retirement. And so we have talked about this mm-hmm. conceptually on yep. the
0: podcast before. Yep. And we've talked about making sure that you have purpose and all those kinds of things. But the speaker that you saw or heard yep. saw and heard really got into the the nuts and bolts of this, which is really cool. So before we do, Jason, yes. this is a cocktails podcast yes. after all. <laughs> it is. <laughs> We I don't need. I think a we've drink. said that one before. Um, <laughs> so today we've got a, a pretty drink in front of us, don't we? Yes. I mean, this is going to be good. I sure hope so. Simple. I like the ingredients. Simple is good. What we've got here is called a jockey club. You know, just a couple weeks late from the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, I guess. I was thinking
1: of like, you know, jockey in a different way. <laughs> oh, like a drink jockey. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Is that what you think? I no, know? that's actually stock jockey. You're a stock jockey. I was I'm thinking, yeah, like a DJ, like a like a music jockey or. Okay.
0: Okay. I don't know. Maybe right. I'm just assuming because there's bourbon in this drink, it's got to be. We're the talking horse Kentucky <laughs> horse, whatever it is. I don't know. We didn't really dig into the history on this one. This was a liquor.com recipe. I've noticed they've they've thrown some new ones on there.
1: This is really simple though. I think this is going to be good.
0: So what we're what we're drinking here essentially, you can see if you're watching the podcast out front, we've got really three ingredients and in a garnish. So we start with one and a half ounces of bourbon. Yes. Uh, for this one, we use Blade and Bow. Mostly, which to is kill now the gone. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: we, we needed to kill that bottle for a while. And, and an interesting story too. That's that's the whole Solara aging method. Right, I think where right, they right. they had some of the old old Stitzel Weller distillate. So like the the Pappy right. from way back so technically speaking because they keep pouring stuff in and taking from the same mm-hmm. there's just just a little bit of that old pappy in there all the time i guess yeah, yeah. i don't know it's kind of gimmicky yeah uh, Unfortunately, really cool I bottle i don't
1: think i don't think it it cuts
0: it's look it's uh <laughs> around here it's about 60 bucks a bottle i think it's a cool bottle it looks nice on the shelf it's got that neat little key keys. they're kind of doing the blanton's thing a little bit where they have the little horsies on top they've got different keys number keys clock. Yep. If you have all of them, I don't know. Maybe they unlock something, but <laughs> I don't know. At $60 um, a
1: bottle, probably your one. It's one. a little overhyped. <laughs> now,
0: I would say, you know, without the hype, if I were to just drink this on own, oh, I'd say, good. hey, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. So, uh, yeah, we're going to see what, what it uh, looks like in a cocktail. So we used one and a half ounces of bourbon. We have one ounce of sweet vermouth, and we used our favorite Carpano Antica. Of course. And we got a little bit, a quarter of an ounce of this uh, Luxardo Maraschino liqueur, which is pretty good. I mean, it's a good mixer. Yeah. And again, this is not, it doesn't taste like a maraschino cherry. It's got some other stuff going on. It's one of those herbal liqueurs that's got all kinds of stuff thrown into it. Uh, But we did garnish that with a Luxardo Maraschino cherry. The proverbial cherry on so top. So this is a
1: play on a Manhattan. Basically, it's very
0: bourbon Manhattany. Yes, but throwing the Luxardo in there and no bitters, by the way. There's oh, no right. bitters that's in right. this one. So yeah, a little bit different taste.
1: This is a big drink. <laughs> this is a,
0: this is an, an easier drink to make than a Manhattan. It's less steps. Yeah. yeah, a lazy man's Manhattan maybe. I don't know. Let's see how it tastes. Cheers. Cheers. Smells good. Wow, that's delicious. I really like that. Ooh yeah. No, that's good. So we have a a higher mix of sweet vermouth in this than we would in a Manhattan.
1: Pairs nice with a... It's sweeter. sweeter.
0: It's good. Dang it. I'm not sure... Okay, second taste, you usually get a little bit... You kind of taste some different things going on the second drink, but I didn't get the maraschino liqueur the first time, did you? I did.
1: No. It's like the vermouth and the liqueur together is really, really kind of cool. There it is. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: That's very good. Hmm.
1: Don't throw that one away. Don't throw that one away. That's a good one. All right, Um, that's a winner. Again, the other stuff is very easy to find. A good mixer. This is everywhere, though. Uh, Oh, that's right. We did have kind of trouble finding this, didn't we? I'm I'm seeing it pop up a few more places in Ohio. But you don't have to use Luxardo. You could for the Maraschino maraschino, liqueur. There's other Maraschino liqueurs. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to look. I guess that I up. haven't tried the any others. Will tell us. so there now there are maraschino cherry liqueurs and oh, that is going to be something different. Yes, That's right. That's yeah, going to be a different yeah. and I think flavor that, altogether. I think
1: that's probably what I'm what I'm thinking here. So plus you ought to buy this.
0: It looks great on a shelf. Yeah. Look yeah. at that. How cool.
1: It just looks like it's like straight this out of Italy, like, right? Look at the cool bottles we got here.
0: <laughs> if it didn't taste good, it's a cool-looking drink.
1: Whenever you make it, maraschino but it, it tastes good as well. So, cherry bonus. liqueur. We don't want maraschino. Cherry liqueur. Right. We want maraschino liqueur. Got yes. It. <laughs> Man, no, this is it. Luxardo That's is really kind of the they're cornering the market. Good job. Well, good job. Luxardo. There you go. Well, it says there's seven of them according to liquor.com. So there are others, mostly all paid by luxardo or maraschino interesting um well i said maraschino it's what's the name Mar- uh, i don't know anyways there are others but not many bowls well i've never seen any of those yeah these are huh none
0: of them come in this cool of a bottle no that's right that's right <laughs> i like find this yourself drink. some of it
1: yeah there you go i
0: like this drink and that's the other thing it is a little bit expensive for the bottle but any cocktail that we've used luxardo this is uh, a, half an, a
1: half an ounce or quarter ounce. quarter of an ounce. I mean, yeah. we,
0: we've used it quite a bit. We have at least three quarters of a bottle left. Sure. So You're not just going to sit around way.
1: and sip this. No. It's a mixer. Uh-uh. Sweet. All
0: right, cool. Well, I like that drink. Keep that on the short list of things yeah. to make when we're trying to mix it I up a little bit. I some big gulps of that already. <laughs> that's good. All right, Jason. Why don't you kind of let us in on on the uh,
1: seminar? The What's the? Yeah. I mean, it was a conference session. So crazy thing. You know, this happens a lot. You need to sit down for breakfast. I'm an early riser, especially in Pacific time. Mm-hmm. So like seven o'clock for breakfast is no big deal. So, you know, sit down. Jacob was with me, other advisor here at Blue Jay and our intern, Evan. We're sitting at the table for breakfast and in walks a very kind older gentleman, told us his name is Riley. He's a Canadian from Toronto. Just very, very kind mm-hmm. and asked a lot of inquisitive questions about us and i'm you know i do this every day so i ask a lot of questions to him as well and we had a great conversation and he told us he was presenting what did he have for breakfast <laughs> <laughs> i do remember yeah that's kind of interesting yeah because yeah, we we kept commenting Canadian on Canadian bacon no 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 okay. kept commenting on how um how good the breakfast was for a conference yeah, nice. so it was hard to forget. Better so, than just the standard pastries. Yeah, it was like eggs and stuff. So we had a nice time, and and so I was like, of course we're gonna go to his. He he told us he was a speaker, mm-hmm. and then he. So now
0: you have to go to his well, breakout, right? And it wasn't.
1: He wasn't <laughs> selling anything. So like those are two. Like oh, yeah, you're you're a speaker and you're not selling anything. I'm probably gonna come find out what you're about. Yep. And then he told us about the psychology of what he had been studying. And it was very, very fascinating. This is something that comes up a lot. So he has a book, The Four Phases of Retirement. Okay. What's his name? And, uh, Dr. Dr. Riley Mornes. Mornes. Yep. The Four Phases of Retirement? Yep. And okay. we should maybe post it. I think it'd be good to, yeah. to show other folks. It wasn't like you could download it with an ebook. You but know, the, maybe we can. I see you've got a TED Talk pulled yep. up. Maybe we can link the TED Talk in our show notes. So his TED Talk is wildly popular. 38.2 million. That's, oh, that's almost as many Hold hits on. as we have oh, on so, this podcast. Time out. I said that wrong. I think the TED Talk had 35,000 or so views. Oh. Okay. That's a lot. That's almost as many <laughs> <laughs> as all of our downloads combined. <laughs> hey. So, but really, what the, the crux of the whole thing was. What they're finding is, and he started off. He felt that when after he retired, he wasn't doing anything particularly meaningful to society, mm-hmm. and he said that success after, like what retirement success looked like, was real fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he started to discover, in in a study he did, m- surveying hundreds and hundreds of thousands of retirees that there are four phases in the retirement journey. Okay. okay. And so let's just jump into them. Okay. Right away. And so you can-
0: I guess before we do, mm-hmm. I, I'm just curious because now I'm thinking if I would have been there, I would have liked to have been there, but had too much going on back here at home. <laughs> My thoughts would be, okay, is this because when you're working, when you're earning and burning, you've mm-hmm. got clearly defined goals, you've got measures of success right in front mm-hmm. of you. Then you retire. Yep. And now you're wondering what's what's my objective? Okay, am so I, you go from a, a career of checking off objectives, mm-hmm. done, done, done to now is am I retiring successfully? I'm surviving, that's one thing, but how do you gauge effectiveness? Well, well kind of retirement? beginning with
1: the end in mind here a little bit. He he did say like at the end, essentially there should be for all advisors, there should be some coaching done that you know, we help folks have the objective behaviors. We focus on how well they're doing with their behaviors. We check those boxes off and we get them there. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, now what is objective success? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's not going to be financial. It's going to be psychological. And to clarify, this was a conference for
0: financial advisors. So yes. it was the onus kind of as, as advisors, we need to keep our clients...
1: Well, I think it's like mentally we, healthy. We have to keep, keep mean, them on top of, hey, yes. goals
0: don't stop just when you get to retirement. No. We've still got other things that we we need to keep them focused on,
1: so, just like we do when we're preparing for retirement. Absolutely. It's not and over. I, I think that we diminish the emotional impact of stopping work, okay? Mm-hmm. How much it is attached to who we are, our purpose, how we define ourselves, who we are, like you are a teacher or you are a machinist you're a professional like, and then you stop. Mm -hmm. Okay. Even in retirement, you still are often referred to as what you did. Yeah. Okay. So like you were a financial advisor, but now you're retired and you do X, Y, Z. Okay. It's really fascinating to me. And I, I think this whole idea, the concept he discovered as a result of his retirement, mm-hmm. okay, and how it went and how it was really negative for a period of time. And that is really his warning here. Can I ask what, what did he do before retirement? So he was a teacher. I don't think, he, I think he might've been a college professor, okay. but I don't know. Okay. Don't hold me to that. So obviously had a skill for taking a complex subject, distilling it down and presenting it in a way that is very useful. Yeah. Compelling story in you know, one hour. Cool. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to get his book. I want to read it. I think it's going to be really fascinating. So he broke it down into four phases. Okay. And this is when he's talking about squeezing the juice out of retirement, he's basically saying like, there's still juice in there. Mm -hmm. You know, if you squeeze a lime, we were cocktail podcast. I love margaritas. You know, it's amazing how much juice you can get out of a lime after you squeeze it with your hand and then put it in a squeezer. Yeah. Uh, at citrus press. Yeah, or, yeah, citrus press. Like, there's a ton more in uh-huh. there, right? And that's kind of his. That's his, his thesis. thesis. Great. There's a lot left in your life post-retirement. Okay. So number one, phase number one, it's the vacation phase. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think we clearly understand what that is. Yeah. This is what every Fidelity, TD Ameritrade retirement commercial looks like. You know, walks on the beach, yeah. camping in your new RV traveling golfing golfing this is your bucket list okay here's the shocker of this it only lasts one to two years okay
0: well <laughs> uh, I, and i can understand that because well neither of us are great at taking time off or enjoy i would time say off, we're bad but, actually but, <laughs> but don't you don't you find after a couple even even if you like i can't remember the last time i took two weeks off in a row
1: I only did um, when I hiked with uh, with my boys, but that has a real significant purpose, you know? Yeah. But don't you,
0: after vacation in a lot of ways, not every
1: time, but you kind
0: of start to go, all right, it's That's time enough. to get back at it. That's how I felt after Now, the what conference. are we doing? Yeah. yeah.
1: like So, one to two years, it's great until it isn't. That's exactly, uh, what a great
0: quote. I'm actually surprised that one to two, I'm that that is a little longer than I would have imagined.
1: I, I was really surprised how short that was. Because, okay. again, that is the proverbial view of retirement. Well,
0: when we got in this business years ago, and we've talked about how Mm -hmm. people's views on retirement have changed. Sure. But I I know when I got in, at least, and I would imagine it was the same for you a few years before, that I'm going to go golfing every day. Yeah, I'm going to go fishing (laughs) every day. Right. And you're like, yeah, okay, how long, how
1: how many days can you do that until you can't? And
0: my grandpa fished every day in retirement. He was a special case. Not many people that can just... Well,
1: Again, there might be something else connected with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is really, this first phase is really about freedom. You're able to do whatever you want. And then you start getting bored. And then you miss your routine. Mm-hmm. And you believe that that routine is kind of like what made you you. Okay. So you're starting to realize that this isn't all what it's cracked up to be. And he had a quote. And I thought it was it was profound. A plunge into the abyss of insignificance. Yeah. That is a punch in the gut. Okay. And I, I've seen this on the faces of some of my men clients specifically. Yeah. And then you go into phase number two.
0: Well, while we're talking about phase number one, mm-hmm. and I, I think I can sympathize and everyone here, everyone that's worked with me or knows me, if I'm out of my routine, I'm all messed up. And quite honestly... Like you that, have been lately? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you've been there too. You're very routine driven. Yeah, yeah. When you're out of your r- routine, melancholy and
1: depression are around the corner. Absolutely. And that is exactly what phase two is. Okay. okay. So phase two is feeling loss and feeling loss. Like just it keeps going. Mm-hmm. Okay. The A recent study done by... I don't know which... University, but it was, it might have been one of them that he's affiliated with. It's like Toronto or something. Okay. Says that retirement is one of the top 10 traumas of your life. Wow. Okay. That is a, this is really hitting on a lot of the things that I talk about. The reason I hate the word retirement. Uh-huh. Okay. And so this is when it is like you have had unavoidable losses, you feel insignificant, depression. Your structure is gone. You're in despair. You don't know who you are or what you stand for anymore. Where you fit in. That's right. R- right. Yeah. I you're mean. just the guy. You're just a guy in the street. This is so sad to Ooh. me. Okay. The sad part about this sad part about this is most people don't get out of phase two. Wow. OK, he's again, the stats a little old, but he said somewhere in like the 60 to 65 percent of retirees live in that. Mm. OK, so guys, if you're thinking about not calling your mom or dad or your grandma or grandpa who's retired, you should. OK, like they are they could be stuck in phase two, which is where uh, depression 40. There's a 40 percent chance that they will have clinically diagnosed like deep depression, okay? 40% is a high number. So
0: this is more of a psychological episode, I guess. This is not a stats-heavy or a technical-heavy episode. It isn't, Nope. But as far as like stats and things like that go, I think I just heard somewhere that the highest likelihood of or, – or the highest suicide rate comes in that 70 and above male. It
1: is the fastest-growing segment of the population that is committing suicide wow. is – in that age 65 and above uh also since 1990 divorce rate in 65 year olds and higher three times higher wow okay so this is like real real important to know this is probably going to happen mm-hmm. i mean on the high end you might have two years in the vacation phase so this is this is interesting because it's helpful
0: like you said after you get through the honeymoon phase and then you fall into this depression phase like anything and you and i have talked about you know i I guess this kind of stuff in general knowing what triggers you Mm -hmm. is very helpful right so knowing that this is probably on the horizon it would if you knew that this stage was coming that stage two is coming right you can prepare for it a little right. bit better. And, and, you can probably work through it and cope a little bit more. And of more. course,
1: I'm like sitting back, like reflecting on this. Mm-hmm. Like when I get in that like little bit of despair, you know, not a little bit, I've had despair. Mm-hmm. I've had depression. You know, I've been there. What are the things that have pulled me out of it? Coming to work, mm-hmm. having purpose. It's See funny because that's family. a lot of things that for a lot of people that triggers the depression. It's right. going to work, and for me, it's not. It's <laughs> no. the opposite. Like right. I, I know I have value there. Yeah. People need me, and all that's gone mm-hmm. in the retiree. So he literally, he he kept saying, "Buckle up." Well, think okay. about it.
0: I'm I'm thinking about it this way. At that age range, not only do people at work not rely on you anymore, you're. You're out of the picture. But think about that stage in your life. Your kids are probably grown up yep, and they're self-sufficient. yep. You probably go from everybody's depending on me. I know my routine. I know yep. my my marching orders. I know what my purpose is. And then you go from, and I think a lot of folks look at it this way. When I retire, I'm going to spend more time with my family. I'm going to help with this, that, and the other. But I think there's an element there too that you don't think about that family, kids, and and things like that, they're not... As dependent on you, probably. Yep. And honestly, if you know, if your parents are retired, in a lot of cases, you probably don't. Mom and Dad retire are retired. They don't want to watch my kids, or they don't want to help out with this, that, and the other. Yeah, Maybe but we do. Even, we even just forget though
1: the application of wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I think that's unfortunately culturally screwed up in the United States specifically. You know, it's rare that you would just like call your parents and be like, "Hey, I don't know what to do in this case." They've been through a lot, yeah. Okay, and that's kind of what he's saying. Like, we need to know that we're still needed, and it may be the single event that causes them to head into phase three. Okay, okay. and so, so phase two sounds pretty rough, Jason. Phase two I, is rough. Tell me, phase three gets better, okay? If if you get if, there, <laughs> if you, I mean, I think you will intentionally have to get there. Okay, okay. I think, unfortunately. Most of our retirees are living in phase two, Mm -hmm. okay? And maybe for the rest of their lives, which is horrible, okay? So you're looking for rehab is what he said. And the rehab is phase three is trial and error. This is where you are literally trying to figure out where your place is, okay? So how can I make my life meaningful again? How can I take my unique set of skills okay i was a teacher well teachers have a unique set of skills that other people don't have mm-hmm. and it may be distilling that down into something where you put your skills together with a need in the in the in society yeah and your, and, community, and and your, your, and your community and your family and your you know, church and i'm thinking like teachers with like okay maybe it's like f- church is a good example yeah. i'm gonna connect you know teaching catechism to my unique set of skills, which was teaching, and I have a passion for mm-hmm. it, check. I'm going to lead the program. I'm, And I think we have a very false sense of retirement means you check out of society, and yeah. that is a huge, huge, huge mistake, okay? And he just kept saying that, and I get frustrated by this because, again, we diminish the wisdom that these 65-year-old-plus folks have, mm-hmm. When in reality, they have wisdom that it just goes on and on forever. And we're going to get kicked in the teeth if we don't ask. Yeah. So phase three could last a while. Okay. In his personal example, he said, I had to try everything. Mm -hmm. He wrote a program for how to write a memoir. He's like, nobody wanted it. Okay. Then I did something else. And then I did something else. And then I figured out that I have a unique ability to communicate this message. Mm Awesome. Awesome obviously going to serve society that way Two, he has a love for ministry around delivering fresh water in third world countries okay so he has learned and how to how to build facilitate and find the equipment needed to get a well functioning in places that don't have it you know like it's crazy it's really truly kind of unusual but he had to find it by Mm -hmm. exploring and trying and failing and doing up something else, but not giving up. He gave an example that I thought was really interesting. It came in phase four. Okay. So phase four is reinvent and rewire, which I love rewire. I was like, I was like fist pumping in the back. I said it first. (laughs) I've used the word listen to our podcast. Yep, Exactly. I said rewirement. Um, so, The example he gave was a former physician Mm -hmm. who developed a program for basically aligning people with a health need, with a program that could serve them. Okay. Like that's crazy. Like you're diabetic, boom, you're, you have cancer, you're struggling from loss, boom. And it was wildly successful and smart guy, unique set of skills, used them to serve society and now has a program that'll outlive him. Mm -hmm. It really will. And so basically almost no one stays in phase one. That's kind of the moral, one of the moral, man, if you stay in phase one, (laughs) almost everybody goes into phase two and stays there. Some folks will get into phase three, but many fall back into phase two. Yeah. Okay. The folks that get to phase four now have happiness, fulfillment, success. And it really starts to redefine who they are in society. And let's be
0: honest. That's what they thought they were going to get out of phase one. That's right. Because that's all that people
1: are thinking about is phase one, the honeymoon phase. Right. And so what he's saying is you're searching for this breakthrough. And the breakthrough is what's my mission and purpose? Mm -hmm. Okay. How can I squeeze the most juice out of my retirement? And At the the end of the day, retirement margarita ever. That's right. And at the end of the day, he (laughs) said, he said, and he's come to the conclusion that he believes the way to do that. If you want the secret sauce is to serve others. Yeah. Phase one, wildly selfish. Phase two, wildly selfish. Phase three, you're starting to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Phase four, you realize that it isn't about me. Thanks, Dr. Phil. I know. I know. <laughs> I am bold, so that helps. So I, I think I think um, I think that's really intriguing, Jason. It is very intriguing. And I, I think some of the tools that he has out there around like skill assessments, things like that that you would do early in your career. And then you almost have to do it again, right? I think is the re- nice thing really is useful. hopefully
0: if you've done what you're supposed to do, uh, you can afford the trial and error phase.
1: That's right? right. That's right.
0: So and and I think that a lot of people we have seen it done where you find way more fulfillment in retirement, mm-hmm. make way more impact in retirement than you ever did yep. as uh, you know whatever it was you identified as in your career. Right.
1: Yeah. And. I haven't read the book,
0: but I'm going to say I, I got to read it. Yeah. And I'm already thinking about
1: giving this to people
0: who are close.
1: Absolutely. And I, I, that's exactly right. I think this is one of those times where you go to a conference and you say, I just need the one thing. Yeah. Just one. Makes it worth it. Okay. And it makes it worth it. Not only that, I think I probably have a friend in Canada now. He, he's, awesome. a, he's a very nice guy. Well, and he did say one thing, and I, I want to make sure I finish on this because it's really important. He said, remember, you are not alone. Number one, people like us, I mean, I'm telling you right now, I will pick at this scab as much as you want to, okay? Because I, I I, want you to feel like you have a purpose. Number two, you have more options to consider. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing, you have huge opportunities. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah. So it, I, I thought it was awesome. Man, I'm sorry. I got on the feels on that one.
0: I like it. I think that was I'm glad we got this one in. So yes, there you have it, folks. Well, thanks for having a drink with us this week. It is time to close out the tab. If you have a question or a topic you want addressed on the Old Fashioned Finance podcast, be sure to email us at podcast at JFG.com and hurry, you're running out of time. We'd love <laughs> to hear from up. you. <laughs> yeah, we Keep emailing us. Sure. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with the latest action by following us on Facebook, Old Fashioned Finances brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's Blue jayfg.com and produced by potestery studios we've been your hosts caleb and jason cheers. cheers yeah blue jay financial group llc blue jay is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of ohio registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training the presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to a consumer in a particular state by Blue Jay, and the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written consent on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay unless otherwise.